0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellows on Circling the Wagons podcast
2: on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles a wagons like the
1: Buffalo Bills. Go Bills.
3: Where else can you rather be than right here, right now? Hey hey, hey, go, hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo! Hey, hey! Let's go,
2: Buffalo! The bills make me wanna!
1: Let the joyous news be spread, the wicked old witch at last is dead. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps,
3: and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we're going to discuss the Bills curb stomping the Patriots 38-9 to sweep the Pats for the first time since 1999. It was was such a good win. Such a good win to discuss tonight. We're so happy to be here with you. We're going to go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. We also have our weekly podcast giveaway, so stick around for that. But uh, first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. And fellas, this was uh, this was the fourth primetime game in a row the Bills have played. Uh, the Bills, like I mentioned before, swept the Patriots first time they've done this since nineteen ninety nine, and not only swept them, unlike their first meeting, they really they really dominated this entire game. They won by almost thirty points. And to me, I mean we we've been talking. I feel like the last few weeks on this recap on these recaps, just. Uh, how significant each win seems to be first it was showing everyone how Josh Allen was doing on a national stage then it was winning the AFC East division title for the first time since 1995 that was significant and then I feel like even this week is significant as well because even though this isn't the same Patriots team of the last 20 years or so I mean this just feels so good it feels like the torch has been passed from one franchise to another just not pass. Pass sounds too passive. It's like we took the torch from the hands of Bill Belichick and the Patriots franchise. And it's just it's almost like a a preview into what hopefully the next ten or fifteen years will be like as a Bills fan. And this this win, particularly this season, just has a different feel to it. It feels so good. Um, I'm gonna open it up to you guys. John, how do you feel after uh, today's victory and sweeping of the Patriots.
2: Man, what year is this? We just won four primetime games in a row. When was the last time that happened? This season has just been so surreal. Like, over the drought, I've been used to, like, hoping the defense would be on the field more than the offense. Like, they'd have a better chance of scoring or something. Like, oh, it's third and long, oh, they should just punt it. They're they'd Probably the other team will score. Now, like... Allen will score four times on the same drive if he has to, if there's a penalty or whatever it is. On that last uh, Allen touchdown pass to Diggs, I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, oh, Allen will be smart. He'll throw this one away. Instead, Allen's like, nah, I'm, I'm just going to throw it to Diggs for a touchdown. <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's so crazy to have an offense this good. And, like, I know it's been a work in progress over the last three or four years, but it just also feels so sudden at the same time. This is the sixth time the Bills have ever had 12 plus wins in a season. They beat Miami next week to clinch the number 2 seed. It'll be the third time they've had a 13-win season, the only other two being in 1990 and 1991. This is just ridiculous.
3: Yeah, well put, John. What about you, Mike? What 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 kind of significance do you get from from today's from today's beatdown?
1: Nate, I still have goosebumps. It was such a complete game, like specifically to this game, but you can't escape the domination that the Patriots have had for the past 20 years. And as you alluded to, it's just, it feels like a changing of the guard. We might look back at this as just an incredible turning point in the coming years, hopefully, maybe decades.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Man, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. This, you know, I, on a personal note, I remember when I was in college and uh, I went to UB and I was taking a buddy with mine, like somehow my dad was able to get us tickets during, during the the uh, school year. And I was like, man, like my dad got me tickets to the bills game. I haven't been to a bills game in years. I actually, at that point when I was in college, I'd only been to a few and uh, we went there and like, Oh, this is going to be so much fun. Uh, the bills were looking good. I mean, it was like, you know, the Bledsoe years or right, right, right around then. And the bills ended up losing to the Patriots, like 38 to, it was almost like the same score. It was like 37 to 10, or 38 to seven or something like that. You know, the Patriots are doing what the Patriots do as they run up the score in the fourth quarter. I mean, that was, they just didn't give a fuck then. They were, they, then for the most time, they didn't, for the most part of, you know, their era, they didn't, they didn't care about running up the score. They were up by three scores in the fourth quarter. They're, they're Tom Bray's throwing a 50 yard bomb to Randy Moss. Like that's the kind of team that they are. So when the bills were up by, you know, 38 to nine, you know, 31 to nine, I'm like, don't let off the gas, like just hammer them, like give it to them. Like I want them to pulverize Bill Belichick before he rides off into retirement. I want him to feel a little bit of what this is like. And, and luckily they did it. Sean McDermott's not the type of coach that normally does that. He's normally a, you know, let off the gas, you know, when you're up by a couple of scores and you know, the game's in hand, but you know, And and he really did. I mean, they took Josh Allen out in the fourth quarter. But, man, it just, on a personal level, as a fan that watched the Bills, like, you know, up close and personal when we had season tickets, just eat it so many times against the Patriots. It was good to finally, finally give it back to them in some way, shape, or form.
1: I feel like there's so much in that story to unpack. Like, when you're like, how did my dad get tickets? Like, you could be walking around the parking lot. Before the game and get tickets for $10 during those years. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, di- I didn't know no that. No
1: exaggeration. Like, we would go without tickets and just, like, walking around. <laughs>
3: yeah, I had no idea. And they no like, idea oh, the-
1: how about they try and sell them to you for 15 Like, nah, I'll keep looking.
3: Mike, you got to give your tips on scalping tickets someday because I think – I don't know if – I mean, you didn't figure this out till you were in your 30s either. So don't get me like <laughs> I was like 19 years old, like I didn't know the ins and outs of <laughs> buying black market tickets. But um, but yeah, you got to do an off season episode where you're like, okay, this is what you got to do. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, I didn't even know how to buy. It. The internet was just only been around for a few years. <laughs> Probably couldn't even buy them on Buffalo Bills. I didn't even know if BuffaloBills.com existed then. So anyway, John, Who, is- who'd you take? To, who'd
1: you take to that game?
3: Uh, John me <laughs> No my my buddy other Mike <laughs> Other Mike that went to UB with me Oh uh, yeah You guys know other Mike <laughs>
1: Not a big fan <laughs> <laughs> Mike At least
2: you're, at least you're just Mike and not other Mike <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yeah I know Well to that Mike you it are other Mike
1: serious though I'm kind of envious <laughs>
3: kind of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah to that Mike you it's are other Mike Yeah yeah, mistake. <laughs> I feel – I always kind of felt like I was cheating on you a little bit with other Mike when we would hang out and do fun stuff together. But uh, I was thinking of you the whole time, Mike. Um, How much When
1: you took me to that game in
3: college, that was the time
1: we we were driving down the wrong side of the road.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I drove down the left-hand side of the road. (laughs) I was – in fairness, I was – You only had
1: to go a couple hundred yards to get in the – in the parking lot,
3: I know. I only had to drive a couple hundred yards, and, and then you know, to take to get to that same spot by taking like four rights or three rights or whatever it takes to get back. I had to, with the traffic, I had taken like an hour. <laughs> so I drove down. I drove down the the side. I was I was off to the side. I wasn't you had in your, the road. You had your
1: emergency lights on.
3: I had my emergency lights on to bring as much attention to myself as possible.
1: <laughs> and then the cop, the cop is like. What are you
3: doing? (laughs) I think he said it a little bit louder and angrier than that. What the hell are you doing? He's like, I should get, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, officer. He's like, I should get my ticket book out right now and just give you a ticket. I'm sorry. I understand you're frustrated. (laughs) I can see why you would be frustrated, but hear me out. I didn't want to drive that much further the other way. (laughs) I'm just trying to save some time. I hope you can understand. It'd be like speeding ticket. I was going 120 on the, like, I hope you can understand officer. I just wanted to get there quicker. <laughs> uh. So John, how about you on a personal level? I've only talked about myself. How did that feel like on a personal level level after seeing, you know, the team that, that we've rooted for, just, just get a handed to them, you know, every, every season it felt like.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, like I've had season tickets a couple of times um, over the years and like, you know, I always want to sit through or stand through, usually standing, the whole game. So like, even when the Bills are getting blown out, 50-something to 7 or whatever the score is, you know, the you sit there the whole time. And part of it's, you know, the whole, like, you know, remembering the comeback game mm-hmm. and, and how crazy that was and, like, anything can happen. And, you know, so, like, I remember sitting through games like that and, like, getting heckled by Patriots fans because I'm still there type of thing and just, like... In in the own you know my own stadium right like so that that, that always you know left a mark on me and like wanting the bills to like you know give it back to them a little bit and I think the the past fans have been very salty this year and I think you know this is just kind of the icing on the cake.
3: Yeah, I that I remember having season tickets with you guys and then you know separate times and and just remember how many Pats fans come to those Bills games because it's, you know, a five- or six-hour trip for them. But for the amount of money for a ticket and, like, a hotel stay, like, it's cheaper for the, It was cheaper for them to do that than to go to a, a a Patriots home game. Like, they said that. So you were getting, like, the rowdiest of rowdy crowds, you know, or, or, or fans that would come there. And, yeah, they would just, I mean, and there was nothing you could do. You had to sit back and take it because there was no retort for what they were saying because it was all true. Your team's garbage. Your franchising is garbage. At the time you didn't think so, obviously you defended it. But looking back, they were. They weren't good. Tom Donahoe was a terrible you know, like those years they were bad. And those Pats fans were right. And now all of those Pats fans can eat shit because they will never, ever, ever have a Brady Belichick era like they did for 20 years. Because probably, you know, very few franchises ever will. For the rest, no franchise has been like that before that, and it was going to be a while till the franchise, especially not them. It's not going to happen to them, of all people.
2: You remember, like when the Patriots were so bad, they almost left New England to go to St. Louis, like they, they didn't have enough fans to fill the stadium. Yeah. Like, it, it's all bandwagon fans, even in, even in their own town.
3: We talked last week about um, being, you know, winning the division title and growing up. Going to a Super Bowl was our birthright. Like These kids growing up now that have only known Patriots Super Bowl wins as their birthright, they are in for a long, long time of a normal division, a a place where you sometimes win and you sometimes don't, and you sometimes have winning records and sometimes you don't have winning records. And if you're very lucky, you get to go to a Super Bowl. And if you're really, really, really lucky, you win a Super Bowl. And that's how life is for most NFL fans. And they're going to come back to earth and it's going to be shocking.
1: I don't know. <laughs> like they still have Belichick. I think it, they spent a lot of money to get to, get to the Super Bowls, right? And it's certainly fell on hard times. But I don't think you can call them dead completely. Like the, there's certainly the rise of the Bills who we hope are going to be good for a decade. Um but it could I could see it being top heavy with the Bills and the Pats. Hopefully the Jets and Jets continue to be a dumpster fire. Awesome that they're not gonna have the number one pick. And but Miami is is kind of on the upswing and I I still think
3: Yeah, but like I think, still fear Belichick with a good quarterback. Think about like the best quarterbacks in the league, like Aaron Rodgers. Or, um, Russell Wilson, Josh, Josh, (laughs) Patrick, maybe not Patrick Mahomes so much, but like all of these divisions where there's exceptionally like elite level quarterbacks, like those teams don't win the division 11 straight times. Like that doesn't happen. Like even the 49ers last year, they won the division over the Seahawks. And uh, Russell Wilson is one of the best, you know, in the last decade. Like that's how a normal division is run. And I think that even if the Patriots do get a good quarterback, I don't think they'll ever have a Tom Brady-level quarterback. And, and I think that, you know, that was part of... But that
1: but that presupposes that this year has decided that it was not... Right, that it, it was just that union of those two. Like, maybe it's just... It's Belichick, and he needs a good quarterback. Like, he didn't have that this year. So, like, I don't think it's it's been completely decided.
3: No, and and... You know, they did have a huge dead cap. They had a lot of dead cap space this season. They had a lot of players opt out for COVID reasons. Um, so they, they definitely have a chance to be better next season than this season. Or, th- or better next season than this season. But at the same time, I guess I just don't fear them like I do. Like, I don't say that they're dead. I don't say that they're going to be a terrible team. But just don't get used to winning 11 straight divisions.
2: Yeah, especially with Miami on the upswing, and and going back to what you said, like you don't fear them. Like, what team do you fear? Maybe the Chiefs.
3: Not the way that they've been playing lately,
2: but like, yeah, exactly. And beyond that, anybody else?
3: NFC, no. NFC, maybe like the Packers, but not unbeatable. They're good.
2: Exactly, exactly. So if you're if you're not fearing any of these other top teams. You're not gonna fear New England.
3: Well, in the beginning of the season, it was more like, well, the offense is playing good, but the defense isn't playing well. And then all of a sudden the defense learned how to play. The offense got back on track. And now it's like these two things but are they also clicking. get
2: healthier too. I think that was a big part of it.
3: True, true. And I think the defensive line finally started to click and they found their rhythm and they found where, you know, where the guys play the best. And yeah.
1: That's why the story for me, like it's Awesome. We've suffered for 20 years at the hands of New England, so it is certainly a a sweet victory. But I'm so much more optimistic because of the future of the Bills stacking up against anybody else in the NFL than I am excited, I guess, or having the schadenfreude about the fall of the the Patriots for this singular moment in time. More
3: excited about the Bills' future for hopefully the extended time frame. I'm going to enjoy both right now. Hopefully, the end of uh, the end of the Patriots era, and uh, and the start of the Bills era. Can I have both, Mike? John Do you says really
1: yes. stand up for every game, John? Like that seems asinine. Like the yes. entire game, you go in. Like why even have seats? It just wrecks it for everybody.
2: Well, because the people in front of you are sitting, so then you stand. Oh, okay, um, yeah, and then the people behind you have to stand too. Then,
1: just like that it's second like- order effect. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay, <laughs> man, if we could all just sit the entire game, we'd have a, <laughs> we'd all enjoy the view and and be comfortable at the same time. But you know, <laughs> um, let's go into our stats of the game. Stats of the game.
1: They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a
2: chance.
3: Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, can't. 40% of all people know that. On the Bill's side of the ball, Josh Allen, 27 for 36, 320 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and most of that was done within the first 3 3 to th- 3 plus quarters, maybe a few few minutes into the fourth quarter. So he could have even padded his stats even more than that. He needed 359 yards today to tie Drew Bledsoe's uh franchise leading single season record for passing yards. So right now he is 39 yards away from that. So 40 yards Next week against the Dolphins, which we're going to talk a, lot, a little bit about later, um, the the playoff seeding and scenarios, um, 40 40 yards, and Josh Allen breaks Drew Bledsoe's single-season record for passing. Zach Moss uh, leading the, the Bills on the ground, 12 carries for 57 yards and one touchdown. He was 4.8 yards per carry. Devin Singletary was 10 carries for 36 yards, zero touchdowns, 3.6 yards per carry. Josh Allen had four carries for 35 yards, 8.8 yards per carry. On the receiving side of the ball, Stephon Diggs, nine receptions on 11 targets, 145 yards, and three touchdowns. Just an unbelievable game by Stephon Diggs. Next leading receiver, Dawson Knox, three receptions on four targets for 51 yards. That one target he did not catch was that wide open pass in the end zone. And, uh, as soon as I say anything about Dawson Knox negatively on Twitter, he starts playing well. So I'm going to continue to do it until he doesn't make any negative plays during the game. Uh, Gabriel Davis had three receptions on five targets for 33 yards. He didn't have that long 41 yard touchdown pass that was called back because Bill Belichick called timeout, like right before the play snapped. Um, it didn't seem like the, the refs blew the play quick enough but uh, he would have had uh, a much better day. Um, actually, that 41-yard touchdown pass uh, might have been what uh, what got uh, Josh Allen over the record. But um, regardless, Lee Smith, next leading receiver, two receptions on two targets for 31 yards and a touchdown. Did have that touchdown pass. And then next was Isaiah McKenzie, four receptions on four targets for 26 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, Matt Milano had a sack today on in eight tackles. Uh, one tackle for loss. Quinn Jefferson had two tackles, one sack. Dean Marlowe had one tackle, one sack. And yeah, really great, great game by the defense. Even Corey Bohorquez had a good game. Two punts for 56.5-yard punting average. Two punts inside the 20. He had a 62-yard punt today. On the Patriots' side of the ball, Cam Newton, uh Jared Stidham, I'm sorry, leading the... Passing attack for the Patriots, four, four for 11 for 44 yards, zero touchdowns, inter- zero interceptions. Cam Newton, five completions on 10 attempts for 34 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Cam Newton looking terrible tonight. Um, Jared Stidham not looking much better. Sony Michelle, the leading rusher for the Patriots, 10 carries for 69 yards, 6.9 yards per carry. JJ Taylor, we had never heard of before, had six carries for 38 yards. yards per carry. Uh, Cam Newton, four carries uh, for 24 yards and a touchdown, six yards per carry leading receiver for the Patriots, Jacoby Myers, four receptions for 45 yards on six targets and James White for three receptions on 23 yards uh, for 23 yards on three targets. Let's go into some more stats of the game. John, do you have any specific stats of the game? I know you usually have a few. I didn't know if you mentioned them all earlier in the podcast, or if you have any more, you
2: no, know, I think uh, between me and you, we got most of them. Um, I did want to mention that since 1999, that was the last game. That was the last time we hit. We had six wins in the division. We were six and two. Um, so that was back when the Colts were in the division. So eight games to play in the division. Um, we had gone six and two four times in the Super Bowl era, and seven and one three times. So if we win next week, it would be our first time going undefeated.
3: In the division. Wow. Lots of records being set this season. Allen has more touchdown passes, 34 in a season, than any team or than any player in team history. Four passing touchdowns or 34 passing touchdowns in a season. Josh Allen um, also set the franchise record for completions in a season. He was up to, I forget how many he had, but Drew Bledsoe previously held the record with 375 completions in 2002. Josh Allen had 300 yards passing tonight, obviously, setting a new franchise record for 300-yard games in a season with eight. Wow. Eight out of 15 games, he had 300 yards passing. Remember that when that was the big deal starting the season? Can Josh Allen get a 300-yard passing game? Well, not only that, he set the franchise record for how many times He's passed for 300 yards. Stefan Diggs is the first Bill with three receiving touchdowns in a game since Stevie Johnson in 2010. So those are some cool stats of the game. And we are going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So stick around.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is
3: All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co-hosts, John and Mike, and we are going to go into our sweet sassy molasses plays of the game.
1: Sweet sassy molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay grandma for the rubdown.
3: Our sweet sassy molasses plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, I'm going to start with you, John. What did you have as your sweet, sassy, molassie play of the game in today's victory?
2: This might be a little unorthodox, but I'm going to say Bill Belichick throwing his phone after that ill-advised challenge. I don't know what he was thinking. He was standing right there when Knox caught the ball and got both feet in bounds. And even if it was a questionable call, it was like first and ten at the beginning of the third quarter, I guess a high-octane offense, like, okay, so then it would be second and 10? Like, I don't think that really would get him very much, even if he won that challenge.
1: He was. That's not unorthodox. That's inane. It's like the play of the game. I'm not even going to say a, a play. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was It was the play on the sidelines. It was almost like the scene of the game. But, just, John, John, what if you were the I coach, just, John, I just and to talk like, about so the, much the, is going like on, baseball.
1: and then in your ear somebody's like, You got to blow the red flag. Throw the red flag. Throw the red flag. I'm looking at it on the TV. (laughs) Throw the red flag. What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, but that that wasn't
2: wasn't the whole of it, though. Like, he was making bad calls the whole game. Like, how many fourth and shorts in midfield did he punt the ball? Like, he had no faith in his players whatsoever to execute.
3: What was nice about what John mentioned about that, like, I guess it wasn't truly a play. It was like a scene or a thing that happened, was just seeing – the frustration on the other side of the of the of the sidelines, instead of on the Bills sidelines, of like what can we do to stop this team? There's nothing the Bills. Because I mean, as a Bills fan, it's like there's nothing we can do to stop this this Patriots team. Like they're just running all over us, or we can't stop them freaking passing to Julian Edelman for a million times a game. It's like why can't we cover Julian Edelman? Like this was to me. I I love that call, John, because I was. You love, you love to see it. You love to see Bill Belichick frustrated, and to make an ill-advised challenge, and then to lose that challenge as well.
2: I mean, I'll give him some credit. At least he showed some emotion. I mean, you, I mean, you're talking about the Bills. Like, I mean, remember Dick Duran? Like, it, it didn't matter what happened. It, it was the same face the whole time.
3: <laughs> yeah, Dick Duran, you just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Dick Duran, your dog just got hit by a car. Yeah, <laughs> like, like nothing. Well, remember, remember one, one, like just, when you're yeah. at
1: work, are you expe- like, oh, we landed the big contract, Nate? And you're like, ooh, jumping on the table? You're like, huh, that's good. That's my job.
3: <laughs> I'm chest bumping my coworkers. I'm high fiving them. I'm, uh, we're going. No, no, yeah. The- whoo, that's done. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> I'm not throwing my can office. I, can I go phone? next? Yes. And, and
1: listen to an actual play? It's. <laughs> It's the second quarter, the 50-yard pass from Allen to Stephon Diggs, 50 yards, put the Bills up 24-9, and they never looked back. Yeah. The only, the, <laughs> the Bills never looked back, but Diggs did look back for just a second, right? And that's when he almost face-planted after he was five yards in the end
3: zone. <laughs> he, almost faced, he was almost like the first player to fall down in the end zone after not getting touched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dodged
1: a bullet there. That would have been embarrassing. Yeah, he did look but bad. But that was a yeah. great play. Yeah, good
3: call. He did look bad. Now, that that was the
1: play that broke Eric Mould's single season receiving yards franchise record.
3: Yeah, good call. Good play. That, I love that play. I'm going to go with, just because I like trick plays, um, the fake punt pass from Jaquan Johnson to Saran Neal for 13 yards in the first quarter that uh, led the Bills to their first touchdown drive. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was creative. Usually, we're used to Dable calling those trick plays, and uh, for once, it was uh, it was a Bill Special Teams coach that, that, that did that and decided to go that way. So I I, I love that play. Um, Sweet sassy Milassi plays brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook in Delago. Um, what about Gettysburg plays of the game? Four score and seven years ago. Do you guys have a Gettysburg play of the game? The Gettysburg play of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. John, what about you? I'll go with you uh, with you first on this one. I'm sure you got a good one. This
1: might be a little unorthodox, but...
3: Again. Do you know what
1: unorthodox means? <laughs> you should just say like...
3: <laughs> I'm not
1: even going to go. I'm not going to say it. I'm trying not to. I'm going to start my New Year's resolution early and not be... Can't say anything nice. Go ahead, John. Well, thank you. (laughs) Unorthodox.
2: The Gettysburg play the game is that they played the game at all, right? There was no way the Bills were going to lose this game right right from the kickoff. I mean, it was very apparent that the the events that played out that that they did was going to happen. So there you go. Or you could say there was no Gettysburg play of the game
3: because it was predetermined. <laughs> it was either that. It was either what John said or nothing. There was no <laughs> It's like John's like I'm gonna be a little bit unorthodox on this one, but I'm gonna say that there's no Gettysburg play of the game if it's not the one I just said. There's it was like it could have been the Bills getting off the plane. It's like that was the Gettysburg of the game. It could have been <laughs> when the when the schedule came out and the Bills were uh gonna play the play the Patriots on uh, December twenty eighth. <laughs> Oh, interesting! I like it, Mike. What about you? Do you have an unorthodox one, or do you have one uh, that's that's <laughs> orthodox? No, I have an
1: orthodox one. I'd say two stick out to me. The first drive with the when the Pats got clever um, with their trick play, and it was a deep pass to the left to Bird, and he just dropped it. Um, I think that was very impactful. Um, but the the big one that stuck out to me too was the fake punt three minutes ago in the first quarter. Score was still three to three. Um, and the Bills going for it, getting the first down, that led to the first touchdown.
3: Yeah, that also led to the Josh Allen 22-yard run on fourth and one. Remember that play? That was that was a great play dialed up by Dable where he like faked one way and then he had a sweep around the other side and ran for 20. And he tried to stiff arm that DB to the ground. Didn't work, but it looked cool doing it. Yeah, and the play right before that was the Cole
1: Beasley, where it was third down, and he made the catch, but he didn't get the fourth down. He didn't get the first down.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Are you telling me that third and Cole did not get the first down on his third down catch?
1: Like Nate's finally going to get one. Here it goes. Oh,
3: (laughs) that happened a couple of times where he couldn't get it. He stretched out for it, but he couldn't get the first down. Uh, Hey, he's done it before. He doesn't have to do it every week to prove himself. I'm gonna go for my Gettysburg of the game. I'm gonna use Mike's. I'm gonna say that that dropped pass on the first drive by the Patriots by Bird, um, by the on that trick play, which definitely would have scored or at least that gotten them down to the one yard line or whatever it was. Uh, Without without that, I mean, I don't think the play. I don't think that the game changes dramatically, but um, you know, I I I think that the Patriots would have had a little bit more momentum than just kicking a field goal, 45 yard field goal. On that drive to just go up three nothing instead of seven nothing to start the game, I think it would have set the pace for the game, you know, offensively for Patriots. And then I mean, Cam Newton only had thirty five yards passing for God's sake, you know. So it would have almost doubled his passing yardage just on that one play. So um, you know, Bills defense showing up, showing up today like they have been the the entire season.
1: It's almost like when we're talking about battles and stuff like that. Is almost that it feels a little myopic in the sense of like, we're talking about one battle and blah, blah, blah. But um, it's almost like you guys, to piggyback off what you guys were saying before, like a changing of the guard, it's almost right, like uh, an it could be an empire changing if, if if this goes on, like Rome conquering Greece, right? Like Greece, like rules the world for a thousand years and then
3: Rome takes over. Who knows? Yeah, wow. Wow. Or to use an event that more people are familiar with, the rebellion, the rebels force taking down the Death Star in Star Wars, right? And that the, the, the evil empire for many years. That's I feel good. like I know more about that than I do the Roman empire. Isn't that sad? Um, but I couldn't see the Roman empire visually. So I don't think that is sad. Maybe after all,
2: um, you could even use another. Bill's example during the entire 1970s, the Bills lost to the Dolphins all 20 times. They at least beat the Pats once or twice over the last 20 years, right? The and then in 1980, first game of the season, they beat the Dolphins, and the goalposts come down in Buffalo. Like it was this huge thing. Like I think that's more of a direct example, right?
3: Yeah, I guess that makes more sense than the Romans and the Greeks and. uh the Empire and the Rebellions. The Rebel Forces. Yeah, good call. See, John, John doesn't like similes. John, John, that was a very orthodox example that you just gave us. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting.
2: I'm sorry. For the uh, Wall of Famers, Jim, I'll go back to unorthodox.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm not used to that. So the Gettysburg of the Game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Now let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. For today's victory, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago, Wall of Fame. Wall. Who do we want to put on our Wall of Fame in today's win? John, I'll start with you.
2: All right, so I'll be a little unorthodox here, and I'm going to pick two players.
3: At
1: least they're players. They're Bill's (laughs) players, right, that have played tonight? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: yes. 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 I mean, you could pick one from the other team. I mean, that's not unprecedented. But, you know, we've already talked about that in a previous episode here. Uh, but no, my first player is Stephon Diggs, right? Nine of 145, three touchdowns, broke the franchise yardage mark for a single season, already had the reception mark. Um, just, you know, the, the yards after the catch, we route out running, everything great. Um, and then obviously Josh Allen, right? Seventy-five percent completion, three hundred twenty yards, four touchdowns. Plus had thirty-five on the ground. He broke Jim Kelly's uh, single season yard, um, single season touchdown mark. Um, only forty yards away from blood cells, like you mentioned before. Um, you know, and both Diggs and Allen got pulled early to to rest. Um, so they could have had even more. Um, so yeah, I'm going with those two guys.
3: What I like about the Diggs uh, stat, and th- those are two really good ones, John. Um, not unorthodox at all Um, except for that there was two but okay that's all right that's fine (laughs) Stefan Diggs though uh, what is Bill Belichick known for as a head coach he's known for taking away your best weapon and he couldn't do that today and that just feels even better in today's victory that one of the best defensive minded head coaches in history couldn't stop the builds at what they do best so that was good to see uh Mike, who what about you? Who do you have on your wall of fame for today? For me it's
1: Diggs, he was a standout player.
3: 3 touchdowns. Um I'm going to give it to uh Josh Allen. Um but I mean I could easily see. You know who we should really give it to you guys? We should give it to uh Joel and Levon Allen for the wall of fame for today and every day. Every day for, you know, creating such an amazing quarterback. <laughs> Uh, back in 1995,
2: and you thought my picks were unorthodox.
3: <laughs> I'm going to give the parents of our future franchise quarterback uh, <laughs> for uh, yeah for having it such an amazing. Uh,
1: Where does it end?
3: It could be like oh, the clerk that sold them the wine coolers. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I also liked uh, honorable mention to Josh Allen's pregame music being Frank Sinatra. And I like that story where they said he used to listen to music that would amp him up and gear him up for the game pregame. And then like it got him too amped up and he couldn't relax. Now he listens to relaxing Frank Sinatra music to just kind of, you know, get him into the groove of the game and just kind of get his head in the right space. And I was like, oh, that's because I always pictured myself being the kind of guy that would listen to like some like, you know, some really good hip hop or rap or like some hair metal or something and now it's like oh all right well maybe a little you know simon and garfunkel or something a little bit on the lighter side i could see james taylor before the uh before the game perhaps um i don't know i could see that i like that
2: i would probably just listen to the bill shout song
3: <laughs> the the pregame is like 30 minutes john you'd listen to the, the shout song 30 min 30 times
2: I may or may not already be doing that.
3: <laughs> for those that don't know, when John, Mike, and I had season tickets, um, and I say those that don't know, like absolutely nobody had season tickets with us, so nobody would know. But uh, we would. It was funny when we left our house in like uh, in the Western New York Rochester area. Uh, John would play the shout song on a CD that we had on. You know, he had it on loop, and for the first like ten minutes, it was awesome. It was the coolest car ride ever. And then after, like, you know, you start getting past, like, the Medina exit, you're like, oh, my God. Like, like what is this? this is this some sort of torture? Like, this is... It's like, the, it's a good thing the throughway is a divided highway. Because,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, if you were driving, you'd feel the call of the void where you just wanted to slam the car into, like, an oncoming semi. <laughs> and, like, if I go off the road, nothing's going to happen because it's just... Hayfields, no trees or anything to crash into. Yeah, I'm
2: confused.
3: It's like it's like the beginning of the car ride is it was like, oh man, is this either going to be an amazing Bills game or is this a start of a Twilight Zone episode? <laughs> I don't know. Of, uh,
1: and then after the game when they got demolished, John, you'd always think like, okay, we can't let John drive because he <laughs> might kill us all. <laughs>
3: Yeah, John would get very... So just let
1: him sit in the back and sulk by himself.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone talk to John? He's not in a good place. <laughs> John would be like, so "What? Drop,
1: drop him off. <laughs> All right, see ya. See...
3: <laughs> <laughs> It'll get better, John. Don't worry. <laughs> and it has. So
2: we're good now. <laughs> it's, it's good you're here to
3: see it. John, it's, go- it's great that you're here to see it. So happy. Um, wall of shame for today's win shame 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 Shame. john do you have an unorthodox wall of shame for us or just a regular wall of shame
2: well this might seem unorthodox but i'm not gonna pick anybody there's no wall shamers this was a complete and dominant win over a shitty team
3: (laughs) nice i love it mike what about you who's on your wall of shame for me nate it seemed like a
1: complete effort, but if I had to pick somebody, I'd say Gabriel Davis. I'd just like to see a little bit more. He had a couple drops and with Brown out, it would have been nice to see him step up a bit more. Um I did one thing that did stand out to me, how they said Andre Roberts is the top kick returner in the NFL. I would love to see the Bills run one back. Like we haven't had one this season, have we? No. No, we haven't. We haven't had one. On my in a while. YouTube, it's always showing me like Devin Hester. All his kick returns for touchdowns, like, greatest return ever. And then Dante Hall, the human joystick kick return. So, like, in my mind, I'm, I'm, man, these must happen with some frequency. Oh, Deion Sanders is the punt returner. He's, oh, 90 yard. Like, I, I can't recall the last time I've seen the Bills take one of the house. And I'd like, it surprised me to hear Andre Roberts is the top kick returner in the NFL. Like, I, I haven't missed a play of the Bills. Like, when are we going to get one?
2: Well, they've also changed a lot of the rules. You can't do any of those wedges anymore, even with, like, two or three guys. And he has returned a bunch for 30 or 40 yards. But I can I can see why it's harder to return them all the way.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Mike. I haven't seen one in a while. But on the flip side, we also haven't seen one scored against the Bills in a while. So that's also a good sign. <laughs> the coverage unit is very good this season. But, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. So Gabriel Davis on Mike's Wall of Shame. Um I was going to give it to Dawson Knox after that drop touchdown in the end zone, but it's hard to do that because he definitely redeemed himself throughout the rest of the game. Hopefully, this is the start of something that lasts through the playoffs into the Super Bowl. And yeah, but but yeah, I don't, I mean, the only thing I can think of though on my wall of shame would be Bill Belichick for not retiring after this game because um, uh, I don't think it's going to get much easier for him. This, I mean, geez, the guy's got to be almost in his 80s. Like, just give it up, man. Come on. Like, this is just, – just stop playing. And I say this because I because I think he's still a good head coach and I just don't want him to I – just, I just want it to be between us and the Dolphins. I don't have to worry about the Patriots just like I didn't worry about the Patriots as a kid because they were a terrible franchise. Let's go back to that time frame as a Bills fan.
1: He's 68 years old.
3: Oh, he's only 68? Uh-huh. He's got a couple hey, more why years. Why
1: would you retire? You have adulation of millions, money – like, none of that's important. Like, if you're doing something you enjoy, it's not duplicatable, right? Anything, like, nothing will compare to it unless you're, like, offered the CEO job.
3: So, you're saying that we might have Bill Belichick for, like, another 10 years?
1: I would say I easy. Mean, Levy didn't start coaching the
2: Bills until he was, like, what? He was, like, 61 or 62 when he took over mm-hmm. the Bills, and he coached them for 10 years. So, he's in his early 70s when he retired. he's
3: well he just depressed me and about every Bills fan listening to this podcast. I thought he was like easily in his seventies, so okay. All right. well uh. seventy is the new fifty-five. <laughs> Dude, I'm thirty-eight. I feel like I'm fifty-five. <laughs> thirty-eight is the new fifty-five, also for for us.
2: Dude, I, I saw Marv Levy. He he had he was saying something. He's ninety he's ninety five years old, right? he looks like he's in better shape than I am.
3: Yeah. Oh, dude, he's killing it. I'm so jealous of Mar Levy right now in 95. <laughs> guy's in great you shape. trade places with him in a heartbeat. <laughs> guy probably has better knees. He has less bags under his eyes than I do. <laughs> guy's crushing it. Um, so as I do every week after the Bills game, I ask Twitter, who is on your wall of fame and wall of shame after today's win or loss, and you guys never seem to disappoint. So I'm going to read some of those uh tweets right now. And start off with Edgar Donnybrook. He writes Wall of Fame 17 plus 14 equals six. Nice. So that's basically the Josh Allen Stephon Diggs numbers equals a touchdown, which is one of our designs on our T public score. T Public Store. If you go to tpublic.com slash stores slash CTW pod, uh, we have that design. So check it out. You can buy that there. Uh, thank you for everyone, by the way, that supported us all before Christmas, everything like that. All of our designs, uh, really appreciate all of you guys doing that. What's his name? Donnie Brook? <laughs> Edgar Donnie Brook. Yep. You
1: know,
3: you guys know what a Donnie Brook is. <laughs> I feel like I should know now that you say that. <laughs> what is a Donnie Brook? It's just a free
1: for all, all out brawl. Oh,
3: okay. usually in
1: a public place.
3: <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So if you are so Edgar Donnybrook, he probably gets into, he's the kind of guy that gets into those fights, but probably doesn't shy away from them, or he wouldn't use them as his name. So he's the kind of guy you want while getting into a Donniebrook.
1: Maybe we could befriend him. We've never had like a a tough a big guy, tough friend.
3: No, we haven't. Yeah, we could be a lot mouthier. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Edgar. Hey, how big are you? <laughs> Because we don't need one of those like small guys that's really good or really thinks he's really tough. We need a big guy that knows he's tough. So Edgar,
1: we don't actually want to do anything. We just want the intimidation factor. Just want right? the
3: ability. Yeah, one of our friends, one of our our graphics designer for the podcast, Nick. He knows martial arts. He's got like a black belt in jujitsu or karate. I can't remember. I feel so much uh, so much better when I'm around. He's a big dude. He's strong. He he obviously knows he knows how to use like. All of the weapons that you see in the Ninja Turtles, like I feel uh you know, I feel pretty tough when I'm around him the few times that I'm around him <laughs> outside of work. Wall of Shame, Edgar writes, Edgar Donnybrook writes, the run D, if you want to get picky, Bill Belichick for complaining about us after he did the same shit for the last twenty years. Gettysburg, that sweet special teams play to Neil for the first down game. Ice. Joe Forrest writes. Wall of Fame: Josh Allen and Diggs showing why Bean gave up a first-round pick and more for him. Wall of Shame to the touchdown drop passes. The Gettysburg is the fake punt. Private Joker 2003 writes Wall of Fame: Josh Allen, who drew Josh Allen, who drew Mahomes comparisons after rolling left and slinging a fastball to Diggs for the stud receiver's third touchdown of the night. Great point by Private Joker 2003. Um, the fact that Josh Allen was rolling to the left—that was a touchdown pass that John talked about earlier. Rolling to the left as a right-handed thrower—a tough pass to make. Wall of shame. He writes Taiwan Jones for mimicking a carnival pop-up target for Josh Allen to knock down. Did Allen win a stuffed animal for that throw? <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one. We're- if I—if I, I don't, I
1: totally get it. Like, oh, Patrick Mahomes, like. But if you're Josh Allen, you're like, eh, dude's the same as me. <laughs> so it's not like if if uh I don't know
3: somebody was talking you. Like, oh, Nate, you're you're almost as good as John.
1: you be like, what the? <laughs> <freak?">
3: <laughs> I'd be like, that's an unorthodox take because I don't agree with it. <laughs> I know. You'd, you'd, Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> I want the comparisons to be about <laughs> me, him to me, not me to him. Is or something
1: not like so proximate like temporally, temporally right like oh it's like joe montana yeah like somebody who's not your direct contemporary who's your same age i feel like yes. that's
3: rough yes exactly like almost the same exact age the same ex- yeah it'd be yeah if it was like if someone was like that's a breck farve like pass
1: yeah yeah people would it be just like, seems different when the person's 15 20 years older than the same same as you but if you're josh Allen, like, oh that was so amazing that one thing you did reminded me of what that guy does every single time
3: oh yeah. uh, <laughs> Thanks. the guy that's your that's your yeah yeah i like that one that's a good point because you'd want as josh allen for everyone to be like that mahomes pass was just like what josh allen would do <laughs> if given the opportunity <laughs> um miss t writes we were actually thinking we talked before the podcast about giving taiwan jones the uh wall of shame but but john brought this up he's like well he's like the fourth or fifth string running back so are you really gonna give i don't remember him really being a part of the offense the entire season <laughs> or play, so you really can't give it to them. Miss T writes, she says, Wall of Fame. Allen and Diggs, my favorite duo, they were outstanding. Wall of Shame, I mean, most of the team played incredibly well tonight, but those dropped balls slash touchdown catches hurt. Rob Zach writes, Wall of Fame, the long overdue domination in Foxborough. The new Belichick phone gifts. <laughs> gifs, I should say. Wall of Shame, the Knox touchdown drop. Andrew Ensing writes, Wall of Fame, the offensive line really clicking. That's a good point. Josh Allen didn't have a ton of time tonight. Wall of Shame, the refs on the Cam touchdown run not calling the obvious holding penalty. Now, this is a great point brought up by Andrew because Mario Addison almost tackled, almost sacked uh, Cam Newton, but he was being held and dragged down by the offensive lineman from behind, and then Cam Newton... You know, obviously scrambled out of the pocket. He got past Tremaine Edmonds and then scored that nine-yard touchdown. Um, The only touchdown of the entire game for the Patriots. They missed the point after right after. And, uh yeah, good call there. Timothy Majka writes, Taiwan Jones is wall of shame for dropping what would have been the NFL record 14th different player with a receiving touchdown in a season. Oh, no, that's a great point brought up by Timothy. Maybe he should have been on the wall of fame. Dave Thorpe writes, aside from the obvious 17 plus 14 equals six, T public store, uh, wall of fame, the offensive line was immense. I could, I could have played QB tonight. <laughs> Milano was everywhere we needed him to be back and on form at the right time, handing the Pats a spanking plus a losing season. Commentary team was with the Bills love fest. Yeah. That's that's true. They, they weren't crapping all over the Bills tonight. Wall of Shame, no Beasley, 1,000 yards. Absolutely. Leston Harris writes, Leston T. Harris, excuse me, Leston. Leston T. Harris writes, Wall of Fame, Milano, gotta pay him or Williams somehow. The Bills are good. We're definitely going to talk about that in the offseason, but uh, there are some interesting thoughts on that. Wall of Shame, Dable, man is too good and can't keep showing people it because he'll be as good as gone. Jason LaConfora wrote this last weekend that uh, Dable is considered one of the hottest names in the coaching scene right now. So we'll see how that ends up going. But he definitely helped his case tonight. Devin Brown writes, Wall of Fame once again to Josh, another dominating performance. Wall of Shame to Belichick for taking his frustrations out on inanimate objects. (laughs) Well, Would you prefer him to take his frustrations out on... Animate objects, like people or animals? <laughs> it's better. It's better that we leave it on the on the inanimate ones. <laughs> Private Joker 2003 writes, Gettysburg of the game, Belichick spiking his phone after the terrible challenge. Yes. Yes. Again, just looked like he was just looking for something. And maybe he figured because it was Dawson Knox. Ah, it's Dawson Knox. He probably didn't get that catch. But he did. Again, terrible... Terrible uh, call for challenge. Something that you would have seen a uh, Geron, uh, any other coach during the uh, during the Bill Belichick era that he had fired because they could never beat him. Um, looked like that kind of frustration. It's good to see. You love to see it. Greg Owens writes.
1: You guys seem like you're beating up on Dick Geron. Like, could you even challenge plays back then?
3: <laughs> Who knows? Who like, knows?
1: <laughs> what an idiot. He would have never done that. Like, you can't even do
3: that. I, I I honestly didn't mind Dick on that much. I mean, he didn't win. Yeah, but I thought he was pretty good. <laughs> he was all right. He's all right. <laughs> I haven't disliked a bunch of coaches, you know, in this time frame. I didn't like Rex Ryan in the end. Um, I was very happy he was gone, but I, I just yeah, didn't. Too yeah. blustery. Too blustery. Greg Owens writes: Wall of Fame. Josh digs the linebackers and most of all the O line. Wall of Shame. No Bills. Just the Patriots. Yes, the whole team. Steve Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen breaking the Bills touchdown record, Diggs bringing it every single week and leading the NFL in yards and catches, and the offensive line keeping the pressure off all night. Wall of Shame, Dawson knocks his hands, and the run defense, which needs to improve for the playoff run.
1: We Let me bring something up if I can. That makes me think, like, all the talk of the records. Like, I'll be interested to, to hear you guys take. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but... At the same time, it's like such a snapshot in time. I would say, like the records for me that are more meaningful is like, oh, the the um, the Pro Bowls or the MVPs, because you're being judged against your contemporaries. When we talk about these season records, like the game is so much different in terms of passing than it was 20 years ago. And I think the icing on the cake is when when you go to an expanded season next year, you'll have a whole another game. game, right? So it's like one would anticipate that many of the season records are going to be gone forever, if not next year or the following years. John's more of the historian, so I'd be interested in your take. But like we talk about like it just seems at times like sports are the poor man's opium and it's just like an extra layer of distraction. Like, oh, this is this record. Oh, this is this record. Let, let's let sell a commemorative plate or a, or a little football to commemorate this. And riff on that, John.
2: No, I, I, I largely agree with you. And plus all the rule changes to your things more towards the offense. Like different eras, are, you can't even compare them really anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean he can do some things you can, can you can adjust per era like how how good that player was in his era versus another player in that era and, and rank them that way um you can look at like you know m- maybe like over the 14 game season like oh OJ Simpson got 2003 yards but this guy got 2200 yards and a 60 but Simpson still had more yards per game than this guy like, you just know, stuff like that but yeah, you, you can't really compare era to era. You have to compare, you know, Ellen is number five in his era, and Kelly is number three in his era, or something like that. You make some determination and, and then cross compare that way. It, it, it's too hard with all the different changes in like the number of teams and even in your division and rule changes and everything. There's just so many different things.
3: I think. I think the reason why it's it's fun to bring up these these records being broken is that they should have been broken a long time ago based on, you know, like, like John mentioned, the rule changes and the fact that you can't do nearly as much, you know, to stop passing offenses that you could do in 2002. Um, So it's one of those things where it's like, this was, this is a changing of the guard for the bills offensively. And we're finally starting to see that. And it also highlights the ineptitude of the bills offenses from, from now to till you know since 2002 and then not only that so 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 are you you're proving all these things on offense but it's also something that should get you even more excited as a bills fan because this is the start of something and it's already this good you're only hoping it can stay this good or get better you know so there's this is why it's fun for me at least as a fan to hear about. Allen and Diggs breaking these records. Because it's like both these guys are young. This is their first year playing together. You're hoping this is their floor, and that it'll only become more like a Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, or Matt Stafford you know, Calvin Johnson, like or like maybe a better duo, perhaps like Michael Irvin, <laughs> Troy Aikman, or you know, uh Joe Montana, Steve Jerry Rice. Young,
1: Jerry Rice, Joe Montana yeah. yeah. People that have actually accomplished something.
3: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um so so yeah, that's that's what I get out of it at least. You're right. In in the grand scheme of things, I'd rather compare Josh Allen's you know yardage to Aaron Rodgers as opposed to Drew Bledsoe's, right? Um But I think this is this is just an important thing to bring up, and it's cool to cool to talk about. But
1: hopefully, all these in and, and to separate it out from the Bills for a second, right? Like the touchdown record or the, the single season records, one would expect them to fall in short order. Once we have a whole extra game. Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And, and even some of the career records, depending on what the statistic is, a lot of it ends up being a longevity record, right? Like if you played for 20 years, you're probably going to, ha- and, and you were consistent enough, you can probably going to get the record, but like you might have somebody who only played 10 years that was better at the position, but Somebody's has been like, well, you didn't have the stats that this guy had. Well, because he played half as long, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. good call. Good call. Steve Tharp continues. Good, good discussion, Mike. Steve Tharp continues. Uh, Wall of shame. Dawson Knox's hands and the run defense. Oh, no, I already read that. All right, Henry Booth. <laughs> Henry Booth writes, Wall of fame. Allen for finally besting Belichick in resounding fashion and the entire team for a dominant performance on Monday Night Football. Wall of shame, Belichick's poor phone that he spiked against the bench after the failed challenge. Lots of Bills fans feeling bad for that phone. Um, if it makes you feel any better, that phone didn't feel any pain. Um, Andrew Andrew Naik, G-N-A-I-H-C, Naik, Naik, Andrew Naik. <laughs> Wall of fame, all the QBs. Allen, 27 for 36 for 320 yards, four touchdowns. Cam 5-for-10 for 34 yards, and four for 11 for a year. And the GOAT, Jaquan Johnson, 1-for-1 one one for 13 yards. Wall of shame, the Colts and the Browns for making the game in Week 17 matter. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, Jason P. writes, Wall of Fame, the offense, defense, special teams, and coaching staff. <laughs> wall of shame, the commentary. Man, that was unbear- unbearable. Yeah, that's like every week. That's not new. Um, just because they're always so bad. Mike Graham writes, "All I'm gonna be like Oprah here, whereas you get a wall of fame, you get a wall of fame, you get a wall of fame, everyone." And he writes in parentheses, "Except Taiwan Jones gets a wall of fame." We just swept the fucking Patriots. Take that, Bill. Let's go. So many emotions right now. If you guys aren't following us on Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook, um follow us at CTW Pod, like Circling the Wagons Pod. I just unleashed like three different memes going for that same um, concept. So you'll have to check it out there. I've tried to describe memes in the, pa- in the past on the podcast. doesn't really do so well. A.J. Tharp writes, Wall of Fame. I've never
1: heard you say you've unleashed a meme. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they were hit- just like, oh, I posted something. Posted something. Yeah, we'll see if like, it's good or not. <laughs> I unleashed Sheesh. it onto social media. So enjoy, Bill's fans. <laughs> uh, A.J. Tharp writes, Wall of fame, Allen and Diggs for making it happen. The O line for allowing zero sacks. Poyer and Milano for that D, <laughs> for that D and Knox, but only when the catch was hard. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. I can't Dawson Knox. If the catch is in traffic and it's like one of those things are like, ah, he might drop it. He'll catch it every single time. If it's wide open, hits him right in the hands. He'll drop it. <laughs> like it's just like the most frustrating thing. Like if he's Josh Allen, like you cannot throw him to a, as if he's a normal receiver you have to throw it behind him you have to make him jump really high for it or go really low for it or uh make him one-handed over his head wall of shame taiwan jones in a wide open knocks i swear the man is hot hands hannon from little giants <laughs> the bills god writes i'll be brief this week oh thank you thank you the bills god for being brief i appreciate that uh wall of fame Diggs and allen for breaking records milano for being fire straight fire wall of shame Knox for dropping a wide open pass in the end zone, but being able to make a trapeze catch on the next drive, consistency, man, consistency. Like I always say on the podcast, uh, I want to love you, jo- Dawson Knox. I want to really, really like you and love you, but you keep doing those plays and it makes me hard to, it makes me, it makes it tough to Christopher Oligret writes wall of fame, Josh Allen, breaking Jim Kelly's touchdown record. Wall of Shame dropped touchdown passes in the end zone. Knox is an emotional roller coaster. Well, good on Knox. You gotta give him credit for like picking it up. Like it would have been very easy, um, if he did get too emotional and dropped every pass after that, like Zay Jones would have. Um, but he didn't and he, and he found a way to man up and catch every pass after that. So actually, I think we should give him credit for the way he ended the game.
2: It's actually kind of funny because the touchdown pass was by far the easiest one to catch, and all the other ones were way more difficult.
3: Yeah. And it was also the most important. It was for a
2: touchdown. Oh. <laughs> well, they scored anyway, but you know. Yeah.
3: You know. Big R writes, Wall of Fame digs who could go down as the greatest Bills wide receiver ever. Josh Allen and Dawson Knox for making up for the drop with incredible catches that even Nate loved. <laughs> How do you know, Big R? Um, wall of Shame. He's right, though. Big R, you got me. Uh, wall of Shame. No one. Maybe Belichick for making Cam play when he looked off or hurt. I don't even think Cam is hurt or he's off. I think this is just how he is. <laughs> Gettysburg. The fake punt. Love the cojones. Josh Rinken writes Wall of Fame. The dynamic tight end Lee Smith. <laughs> catching the mul- Catching the ball multiple times. Wish we scored more on them bye-bye patriots deuces the bills are scary good writes wall of fame allen and Diggs, wall of shame nick Wright, <laughs> emmett 21 writes wall of fame allen and digs they were on a whole other level in the offensive line wall of shame the refs were terrible not Knox. he redeemed himself with a tough fourth down grab and the sideline toe tapper gettysburg he writes the fake punt pass the game was over from that point on love the aggression after that's something like that's something a bill belichick team would have done so even sean mcdermott out bill belichick bill belichick josh allen writes wall of fame the whole team again wall of shame the refs again a lot of suspect no calls go bills buffalo seal i should say buffa afc east champs ceilings writes Wall of Fame digs baby all the Bills wide receiver records, but more importantly, brick to the Pats face with a sweep and give them a losing record for the first time since 2000. Great call there. Wall of Shame dropped passes. Gettysburg the digs 50-yard touchdown to go from 17 to nine to 24 to nine, and there was no way that Pats O oh, was catching them at that point. Yeah, nice. Michael Steven writes Wall of Fame besides obvious guys the whole offensive line they only gave up one hit on Josh and gave him so much time in the pocket. Honorable mention to Saran Neal. is it crazy to think that the Bills' defense, the Bills' offensive line, the run game, everything is all coming together at the perfect time in the season? I think, in my opinion, I don't know. I, I You can't help but get excited as a Bills fan that that's all happening. John Drazen writes, Wall of Fame Matt Barkley for reminding us in the fourth quarter of how lucky we are to have Josh Allen under center. <laughs> He writes he writes said with love, but it highlighted how we've been spoiled this season. <laughs> it's a good good call. I love that one. Mark writes Wall of Fame, the whole Bills organization. What a successful year. Anytime you get to see Belichick destroy technology, you know you are on fire. Wall of Shame, the Pom Pom on the Sideline report. WTF wears one the size of their own head. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. Alex Jones writes, he writes this in all caps. Wall of, Wall of Fame, I think he means. Everyone, I don't care. We killed the New England Patriots on national television. All in caps. I feel you, Alex. I feel you, man. Salvador Espinosa writes, Wall of Fame. Josh Allen's mother for birthing such a stud. <laughs> wall of Shame. Whoever told Bill Belichick to challenge that Knox catch. <laughs> Guys, Amb. 05 writes wall of fame the beautiful bill billboard a few miles from pat stadium so that was what he's discussing is the billboard that fox sports i believe put up that said the best fans in the nfl or buffalo bills fans or something of that respect in that respect because we won a twitter poll like six months ago i forgot all about it and uh yeah they put up the uh the billboard in new england because bills fans got a a chance to choose which uh, division opponent they wanted to put that billboard. And Fox News did that, or Fox Sports did that. And uh, that was pretty cool. A lot of uh, pictures on social media. Wall of shame, the commentary. I'm putting my brain on injured reserve after the botched lobotomy they performed on me throughout the game. James Campbellin writes, love the pod. Play of the game is Diggs touchdown, where he shrugged off a safety and a corner. <laughs> Dude, that was that was a... Uh, there was one touchdown that we didn't discuss, and I'm not sure if James means this one as well. I think he does, because it was like a nine yard touchdown pass. It looked like as soon as Diggs caught it, he was going to get tackled, but instead, like, they hit him, but they didn't tackle him. They didn't actually wrap him up, and he just strutted into the, into the end zone. After, I love, I love that, not only for Diggs for not just falling down, whatever, after getting hit, but just, um, it just basically symbolized the game.
1: That makes me think like what what's John talking about in the different eras though like 20 uh, 25 years ago like in I don't want to say glory days and, and cuz obviously we are not fans of CTE <laughs> but they NFL used to sell the DVDs of like the biggest hits like we watched some at your house Nate like yeah. you had like the NFL bloopers the biggest hits like you could not make that catch back in the day you would have gotten your head taken off by Steve Atwater coming over the middle like you would have been uh, taken out on a stretcher you know what I mean like it's just such a
3: different game yeah. right John yeah it is yeah they're not selling they're not selling the, the what did I have on on VHS big hit big blocks big hits, and at the end
1: of every play the guy would be like not moving <laughs>
3: Yeah, they glorified it. Big blocks and kink size hits. I remember that was the one. <laughs> look look how look how Steven look how Ronnie Lott laid out this guy.
1: He never played again.
2: <laughs> and you go back even further in the 70s and the fifties, like it, it you know, it, the safety has gotten better over the decades, such that those things happen less and less and less. So But
1: completely leave, leaving your feet and using your head as a spear. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. To or the other guy's head. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Or literally in the 50s, getting out a spear and stabbing someone <laughs> in the middle of the game. Cause that was legal, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> or like crowbar. Well, you, could,
2: you could clothesline guys back then.
3: That's right. That's right. You could clothesline, legitimately clothesline guys. It was like, it would basically the 50s were like the most intense, like, uh, backyard football game ever <laughs> with like, Pretty athletic guys, you know. It's just <laughs> that's how it was. Uh, Wall of Fame: James Wright's Wall of Fame. Air Raid Allen, Air Raid Allen. I like that one. Sticky hands digs and knocks the ox. Man, he just he's just trying to make all these uh, all these uh, all these nicknames. Um, when really we know there's only third and coal, but I like it. Air Raid Allen, Sticky Hand digs, Sticky Hands digs and knocks the ox. Well, I like Jugger better, but I, I like Nox the Ox. Wall of Shame, defense for allowing well, he can't. knocks the Ox because an ox has hooves.
1: <laughs> Is no that, hands. No, no to, hands. No way to catch enough, it. You don't think that's funny?
3: Because <laughs> you like the picture of him having hooves for hands. Is that what you're – Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty funny. Sometimes when he catches the ball, I feel like he has hooves for hands.
2: I, I just think of like, like a, like a Borat meme where like the top of it just says touchdown and then the bottom's like, Nox.
3: That's <laughs> 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 like, is it touchdown? Knocks. <laughs> I, John, that might be the, the, that's the, that's the funniest thing you've ever said in our friendship. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I, I don't know I, how to
1: feel about that. <laughs>
3: I know, jeez. <laughs> that was that was. I did not see that. I did not see a Borat reference coming. I did not see a meme. Re- I'm I'm gonna make that meme after this, after this podcast. It was so good. Um, Why did uh, you immediately shit on John after? That? Oh, I'm sorry. I did. Well, from I, the John, highest
1: of the high, to, uh.
3: <laughs> John. That was just. I just thought that that was that was really funny and clever. It's not the most funny. You've said some funny, witty. You things. saw you
1: were the, you. We yeah like what leading the podcast and he just clawed <laughs> you back down.
3: Like oh a crab is is getting higher than me. <laughs> I wanted people to compare John to me, not the other way around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want him to, I don't want people to be like, Nate, that was a funny joke. That was like something John would say. <laughs> um Yeah, you've said some funny things too, John. Sorry. Um <laughs> Wall of Shame. Defense for allowing Cam in the end zone. Don't have a Gettysburg, but we need a new second-string quarterback. Hashtag third and Cole. Travis Coon writes, I'm almost done. Travis Coon writes, a wall of fame. Josh Allen for breaking the franchise record. Diggs for that catch and the rest of the Bills organization. Wall of shame. McDermott for not taking Beasley out when they took Josh out. I get nervous when I see trainers near our players. That is right. Um, Cole Beasley did leave the game. With uh, an injury, I'm not sure where it stands right now, but um, stay tuned to the Buffalo Roamlings Podcast Network. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on all that stuff throughout the week. Travis Kuhn also writes, also on the wall of shame, the drop passes in the end zone, should have had them, but we didn't need them. Let's see, I'll do two more. Patch writes, wall of fame, the entire Bills organization, and special teams. Wall of shame, blank. If super duper picky, Gabriel Davis for not attacking the ball, To either catch it or draw the defensive pass interference. It's a good call. There were some balls I feel like he just didn't go after. And I don't know if it's because, uh, I I don't know. I think that might be a rookie thing or whatever. But um, yeah, he didn't draw the defensive pass interference when I thought that they were potentially catchable balls. Um, Weird. Gettysburg play of the game. He says uh, punt team audible checking into an easy pitch and catch for a first down. That was definitely a heads-up play uh, by the Bills Special teams. Mark Zurich writes, Wall of Fame, Brandon Bean, this is a complete team, and the Pats had almost no answers all game for anything. Wall of Shame, none. We blew out the Pats in their building to sweep them. I'm glad we ended it on that one from Mark Zurich. Um, the Bills, or uh, the Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Now, John, I want to talk about the AFC uh, seeds and everything like that. So right now, the Bills have the second seed at 12 and three, and the Steelers have the third seed at 12 and three. In order for the Bills to get the second seed and guarantee at least two home playoff games, as long as they win the first one, two home playoff games, the Bills just have to win next week. And if they don't win, then the Steelers have to lose, right, to get the second seed.
2: Yes, that's correct. They they win and they lock up the second seed. They can still lose, but only if the Steelers also lose. The worst they can do is the third seed.
3: The worst they can do is the third seed. The the Steelers are playing the Browns next week, so that might not be a pushover for the Steelers.
2: Maybe, but the Browns also just lost to the Jets.
3: Yeah, I know. I wrote that on Twitter but at the same time the the Browns also had no wide receivers. So, I'm not saying they would have won that game, but I mean they'll have their wide receivers back next week. Um because we work, and, and it's
2: worth noting, they play at the same time as the Bills, so it's not like they can like determine what they're going to do based on the outcome of that game.
3: Yeah, the NFL is smart to do that in Week 17 because you know if like the the Steelers played and they ended up uh, losing that game, and the Bills didn't need to play, they would have sat knowing. Yeah, that.
2: there's yeah, they don't have any Thursday or Monday night games or anything like that. So
3: smart, smart on the league for doing that. All right, so let's go into. The uh, DraftKings Sportsbook odds for next week's game against the Miami Dolphins. So, Mike, if you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago right now, what will you find for the odds for the Bills game against the Dolphins? It must be too close to the game because I actually don't see anything for that game. Do you?
1: I have three sports books. Or I was able to find a number. I'll just go with the, the majority. I'm not going to average them or anything like that. I just go two of the three have the same number. Do you guys want to take a guess?
3: Now it's in Miami or is it in Buffalo? I can't remember. It is in Buffalo.
2: Bills by 17.
3: Bills by a billion. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 17 and a half. <laughs> I'm going to go under that one. Under seventeen and a half by John. I'm going to say because uh, I'm going to be realistic. The Bills were the Dolphins are ten and five. Uh, it's potential. It's potential that the uh, Bills could knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs if they win. They do need to win next week. I'm going to go. I'm going to go five point favorites. So John says seventeen and a half. Mike, I say five. <laughs> Nate, you win. Two and a half. half. Oh, two! wow. Only two and a half? Yeesh. But the
1: other sports book I left, looked at was five and a half. So it, seems like, it just seems like week 17 is tough, right? Just a lot of uncertainty. Everybody put money
3: on the bills. Yeah, this seems like an easy bet to me. Dude, Fitzmagic? Yeah, well, we'll see if Tua gets benched again in the fourth quarter so Fitzmagic can save him or if Fitzmagic's going to start. We'll see. Should be interesting.
2: If they bench him for Fitzpatrick in the fourth again and hope for a Hail Mary, he could always also throw a couple interceptions in the fourth quarter like he normally does.
3: Yeah, Fitz magic becomes Fitztragic.
1: Yeah, but for one game, I I don't I don't want to play Miami in the playoffs.
2: So, so this is a good question. Like who between the teams that they might face in the first round, who would you who would you pick? The, between Miami, Cleveland, Tennessee, Indy, and Baltimore. I, I, go, I almost think one. they match up best against Miami.
3: Yeah, I would think so too. I I, I want to dive in deeper into the stats of like where these teams have really been playing the last four or five weeks, like where they stand, like in the run. Cleveland, um, I <laughs> Cleveland just because they just lost so good though, they're, and they're, that's
1: their weakest spot. <sighs> Same so we've just with- been disappointed for twenty years, and I could just see Fitzpatrick. Coming in and crushing us, like playing out of his mind.
3: That would be the worst. Um, (laughs) I would say, so this is what doesn't scare me about teams that have a good run game. Because I know that's like the weakness of our defense, right? Is that if the Bills end up going up by a couple of scores, you know, and it's like in the second half of the game and the Bills are winning by 10 or 14 points um, because their offense, their passing offense is so good. Like the team won't have a chance to run the ball. so as long as the bills can somehow get jump out to a lead and make the team get really antsy and feel like they can't run the ball anymore, then the bills will be fine just like tonight like the the Patriots are a better run team than they are a passing team obviously Cam Newton's atrocious. so you just get ahead enough and they can't throw the ball any, or they can't run the ball anymore because it doesn't matter. both both the Patriots running backs, I believe had over six yards per carry. Didn't freaking matter because the bills got ahead so quickly.
2: I think one difference is all the teams that are in the playoffs are going to have a lot better defenses than the Patriots, too.
3: Perhaps.
1: Are you expecting Nate to, to give you some ground, John? Because it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get a perhaps, and I'm going to take it.
3: Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see.
2: I like, I, I'm thinking out of those five teams, Miami and Indy would be the preferable teams if I had to pick.
3: I don't want to play Baltimore. I don't want to play Baltimore. If I have a choice,
2: Baltimore, Cleveland, Tennessee, all have really good running games, and I, that scares me more.
3: They have good defenses too. Um, at least, at least not Tennessee that, does, and in, in Baltimore, not that any
2: of these teams fear me. I don't like. I'm not afraid of any of the five. Right? Like, I think the Bills can beat any of these teams. Um, but if I had to pick, it would be
1: either Miami or Indy. Sounds like a good poll question.
3: Okay, maybe we'll do that this week. All right, Mike. So that was the uh, the odds. Brought to you by the odds for week 17, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Do you have a joke to end today's podcast? And we're all riding high, we're all feeling good. Yeah. Okay. Do you have the one from last week? Because I cut you off last week and we didn't do one. This is a new. Oh, one. It's, it's gone forever.
1: T- this joke is about a man, a Bills fan, but you have to presuppose that, that COVID doesn't exist because this guy wants to go out partying. Like the Bills just beat the Pats, so excited, wants to go out. But his wife told him that if he ever comes home drunk again, she will leave him. It's it. But he goes out drinking, right? And he drinks and he drinks and he just throws up all over himself because he's celebrating the big win. So he turns to his friend when it's time to go home. He's like, what am I What am I going to do? Because if I come home like, drunk again, my wife's going to leave me. So the friend says, go home. Tell your wife somebody threw up on you. Put $20 bill inside your jacket pocket and then – when she has what happened, you show her the money and tell her that another guy gave you the $20 for your dry cleaning bill. So that's exactly what he does. He goes home, his wife is pissed, super pissed, but then he starts to explain right, he ta- he tells her about the drunk guy how he threw up on him and he shows her the $20, $20 bill and she looks and she's like, why do you have two, two $20 bills? And he's like, oh, the other one is from the guy who shit my pants. <laughs>
2: Nah, you don't come home until you sober up, even if it's the next day.
3: <laughs> so, yeah. So, Mike, would you be offended if I said that's the funniest thing you've ever said? I wouldn't view it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, because that's the funniest thing you've ever said. Oh. <laughs> um- <laughs> John and I are going back to back tonight. Sorry, sorry. See, I didn't mean it that time, and I didn't mean it when I said to John. So, all right, thank you for the joke of the day brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. and Mike. Mike, thank you for that. Ending the night on a positive note, ending the episode on a positive note, we're going to do a couple of quick giveaways. We have a couple of uh, signed Harrison Phillips jerseys, uh, home and away, and we also have some cool swag from our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. We have some polo shirts and some regular t-shirts and some snapback hats. So I will give you guys three winners of the contest. And the first one to get back to me gets to choose whatever they want. So the first winner is InstaJape. That's Inda underscore Jape. InstaJape. The next winner is Tom G underscore ninety seven. That's Tom G underscore ninety seven. And the last one is Y D N I C N A D one. That's Y D Nicknad 1. <laughs> so whoever gets back to me first gets a choice of either of the home or away uh Harrison Phillips signed jerseys or the DraftKings Sportsbook swag from our good friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. So uh message me over Twitter or Instagram or facebook or email us ctwpod at gmail.com and uh you will uh i, I will send you uh the information and you can uh, or you will send me your information and i'll have the uh the jersey sent out to you sometime uh this week and if you're wondering how you can be part of these podcast giveaways that we do every week just leave uh the podcast network a five-star review And just mention CTW, Circling the Wagons, or CTW Pod somewhere in the description, along with one of the other amazing podcasts in our network. And uh, you will be entered each week for one of the uh, giveaways, which hopefully we're doing all the way into February. So thank you all for listening. We're going to sign off. So for John.
2: Hey, how about those bills? When was the last time that you've heard announcers on the television set say, the, and here comes the least used punter in the NFL
1: of the Buffalo Bills.
2: This is ex- the last ex- time
1: I heard someone say a television set. <laughs> I don't think my grandparents said television set. The the boob tube.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's all As gather around the radio. <laughs>
2: Anyway, he's been a pretty good punter, even even if he doesn't have punts to qualify for it.
3: The last, but no, this yeah.
2: this this feels like a, a '90s Bills team. Like between that and like the the emotion on the sideline of the Bills players celebrating like good plays and everything, not everybody being depressed all the time on the sideline like the last 20-25 years. Um, it, this is just great, and having like I said when I when we first started out today, like the offense firing in all cylinders and like just being confident that they can just basically do no wrong is just amazing
3: all right so for mike (laughs) go bills (laughs) (laughs) oh and for me nate thank you again to joel and Lavon allen we'll talk to you guys next week